0: Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood.
1: My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley.
0: We were engaged for two years and And then then we we broke broke up. up (laughs) And then we stopped talking to each other for a year. And now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me?
1: If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick.
0: (laughs) You don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? (laughs) If I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my (laughs) god,
1: I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. Hey guys, this episode is about someone I've started dating, and as you'll hear, we're very much in love, and... It's sort of an exploration about a few things about this relationship that are confusing to me and I didn't really understand. I showed it to them before, it's, uh, it's it's been, you know, I'm not talking about someone behind their back or anything like that. I mean, I guess I was talking about someone behind their back, but now they have joined me behind their own back and listened and given the go-ahead. However, I just wanted to say a few things before it started, which is that firstly, I get a bunch of stuff wrong. And I'll talk about that at the end of the podcast, I'll come in and do another message, But I thought I should let you know that everything I'm talking about is what I thought was accurate at the time. Turns out it is not actually accurate. I fucked up. Secondly, there are a few things in here that I was really tempted to delete. And we even talk about it in the episode, you know, SJ and I are both like, oh man, we're definitely deleting that. I decided to keep it in because it makes me look bad, but it's also very honest. And as the title of the podcast might suggest, this is about being honest and this is about trying to do the, you know, the truest representation of ourselves. And that's something we talk about in the podcast. So I decided to leave it in. If you want to judge me and hate me for it, uh, that's, you know, that's up to you. But I thought I'd let you know that it was really tempting to hit delete on a bunch of this stuff, uh, including like the first thing I do in this podcast is correct SJ while she is totally right so uh keep an eye out for that she is 100% right I'm completely wrong being corrected when I'm right is one of my least favorite things in the world I do it and I've decided to keep it in and I hope you enjoy the podcast I'll talk to you when it's done
0: oh there was something that you wanted to talk about I don't think we talked about it
1: no okay so there's a bunch of stuff that's been going in my life that every single time i've been like hey we should talk about this this episode it's gone really badly so uh i have high hopes
0: yeah it has right every time you're like i've got something i'm gonna tell you like on the other episode where you you were like i have feelings i'm gonna express them to you this is gonna be interesting and i was just like uh
1: those are not my feelings why would i care about them (laughs)
0: Well, I think it's that thing of like, I mean, what we were talking about last time about me not being very complimentary towards you. I can't work out how to like do that without sounding really disingenuous.
1: Not a word. (laughs) Disingenuine.
0: Disingenuine. Are you really? Oh, okay. I'll believe you.
1: Like genuine.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I thought it was (laughs) genuous.
1: Like this is a genuous antique. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe it's disingenuous. I could be wrong. I frequently am. Okay, so the thing is, I've started seeing someone. Oh, yeah. And we're in love. What? What?
0: I mean, like, you know, keep going. Tell me more about that.
1: And they're really rad. Sure. Actually, I I thought you'd find this particularly amusing. They've not listened to the podcast. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, they know it exists. One of their neighbours is listening. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Uh, And apparently got really into it. I'm going around to their place for dinner.
0: Wait on, wait on, wait on. This person that you're dating... Their neighbor... Taylor. Who's called Taylor. Friends with their neighbor, I assume.
1: Correct. So it's not
0: like... Like, I was like... Their neighbor was overhearing you guys talk loudly about the podcast and was like... No, they were
1: just listening through the wall. (laughs) They had a glass up to the wall. And they actually started recommending it to their friends, which is nice. And so, yeah, this is not the main thing. I just thought this was really funny. Totally without listening to the podcast, without me explaining any of the stuff, they are like, Hey... I am really excited by this close relationship you have with your ex.
0: Oh, wow.
1: I think it's really great. And I was like, huh, it's almost like I specifically date people who are really excited that I have a close relationship with my ex. It's almost like <laughs> the thing we were talking about in that... In that uh, what episode is that?
0: I can't remember which episode it is, but I wanted to call it No One Likes My Ex Again.
1: <laughs> it was 18 or 19. I just thought it was really funny that totally with no prompting, I just... Really accurately pick people who like you, it seems, or who are okay with me being really close with my ex.
0: No, they don't even like me. They like the idea of our relationship. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, I've been having a lot of really confusing feelings lately, which I've been kind of struggling to work through. Oh, yeah? Because this person I'm dating, and they're going to go by Lucy, if we talk about them on the podcast, which we are right now. Sure. So, we're going to say Lucy.
0: Lucy. This really helps because I don't know them at all, so... When I meet them, they will be called Lucy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so as far as you're concerned, you're just Lucy. Oh
0: my God. One of my friends just started dating someone with the same name as my ex. Peter? No, they're dating someone. I'm not going to say their name. Anyway. Wait,
1: do you have other exes?
0: I have some other exes. Yeah, a few. What? I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I never brought it up. So the ex that I'm talking about got to the point in our relationship where I would see their name. Like if I saw their first name anywhere, even if it wasn't to do with them, I would feel sick while we were still dating. Like that's how kind of like chaotic that relationship was.
1: Chaotic is a really generous word there. Yeah. <laughs> I felt sick whenever I saw their name.
0: It was chaotic. chaotic.
1: <laughs> Am I your best ex?
0: No, I mean, it depends what you're using as best. You're my ex that I talk to the most.
1: (laughs) Like for an hour a week, guaranteed?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it would be fair to say that you're my best ex. I'm your best ex. Okay. So I have this really bad reaction to this name. And one of my really, really good friends has just started being someone with the exact same name. And as soon as I met them, they told me their name. And I was like, oh, no, you're going to have to pick a different name. And they immediately, they just picked up and they were like, (laughs) okay, you can call me Tom. And I was like, perfect. So now they're called Tom.
1: I do not have enough Toms in my life.
0: Well, I think that they're still going to go by their actual name. And just over time, it will stop having those associations.
1: It'll be like exposure therapy.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'll be nice.
1: So, Lucy. Did I
0: ever tell you about. Sorry, I'm going to kick. Did I ever tell you <laughs> Jesus about. Jesus Christ. Just talking about exposure therapy. Did I ever tell you? This is about this same ex. I had this idea that what I wanted to do, because we lived around the corner from each other, was like camp out the front of his house as a way of desensitizing me to his house after we broke up.
1: There is a risk that you would become sensitized to restraining orders.
0: <laughs> I didn't actually do it, but I thought it would be because every time I would go past his place or go to the supermarket or anything, I would feel really sick that I was gonna see him. so I was like, I could like just do some exposure therapy by camping in the park next to his house for like two weeks or until it just went away.
1: I'm starting to work out why when I have a topic in mind, it doesn't go well.
0: Yeah, it's because I keep interrupting you so Lucy
1: Lucy is a teacher.
0: What does she teach?
1: Well, actually, you've hit the nail on the head there with that sentence. Because Lucy does not identify as a she.
0: Yeah, I was going to, as I was saying she, I was like, is that the right, I don't even know, is that the right phrase?
1: So I am nervous to talk about this because I'm worried I'm going to come across as transphobic, which I don't think that I am. Do you think I'm transphobic?
0: I mean, that sounds like something that everyone who's transphobic would say.
1: No, I think a lot of transphobic people are like, I don't like them, don't like trans people.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I suppose it's just similar to, uh, I'm not racist, but...
1: Do you think I'm transphobic?
0: No. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that, like, I, I didn't want to just... Oh, no, 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 no. No, of course not. I just wanted to give it some thought. Um, no, no, no. No, I don't think that you are.
1: So, caveat that I'm nervous about talking about this.
0: I think we have some different opinions on this stuff, but I, yeah.
1: I am a straight guy. I like boobs and butts and lady parts. And I have a really strong self-image. Sure. And so I met this person and we started dating and then after we've been dating for a while I learned that they identify as a he. Oh wow. They wear dresses and they have all of the biologically female parts and they don't intend to change those things anytime soon but feel more comfortable being called he than she.
0: So but you're using they.
1: Yeah, I'm ch- I'm ch- I'm I'm genuinely struggling with this, not even kidding. I'm like Trying to get there in in steps rather than leaps.
0: Oh, okay. So as in...
1: So Lucy's totally fine with they. They is okay. Sure. And in situations where it's like introducing to people who will not understand the whole thing, Lucy's like, call me she. Like that makes sense in those situations. Sure. But in mainstream life and in general, Lucy likes to go by he Uh and not she. And they is also fine.
0: So preferred pronouns he him they yeah yeah so does that mean that like from what you said this there i get the idea that you are struggling to use he him pronouns
1: i generally don't mind like if if someone's like call me this i'm like okay i will call you that Uh uh-huh i just really 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 genuinely struggle with the idea of having a boyfriend
0: oh wow yeah okay
1: So, like, I have friends who are trans, I have friends who have transitioned, I have friends who go by different pronouns, and I happily use those things. However, I found myself dating and in love with someone, and then learning that they would like to be my boyfriend.
0: (laughs) How did that conversation go?
1: On their OkCupid profile, they're listed as non-binary, and I'm aware that I'm using they, and that is genuinely, like... I feel a bit like a dick by using they. They've said that they're fine with it, but like, I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Like, this is a real area that I don't normally think about.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is your, your like, stepped approach.
1: Yeah. On their OkCupid okay profile, they're non-binary. Uh-huh. And then I met them and they were wearing a dress and showing cleavage and giggling and being very traditionally feminine in many ways. Uh-huh. And then we saw each other a bunch of times before. I was like, oh, by the way, I, I forgot to ask. Are you go by she? Or, or?" And they were like, actually, I prefer he. I was like, oh, as a, like, hetero cis guy, that's super weird to me.
0: Well, because, first of all, in my mind, you've exclusively dated people who identify with she pronouns.
1: Yes, that is correct. Yeah.
0: So dating someone who would identify with they pronouns is...
1: That would be... I mean, we've we've talked about this pre-podcast days, which is that I don't think I'm a dick about it. I'm just, I'm very, I like to think I'm fairly open-minded about most things. I'm very open-minded. Gender is a confusing hole of confusingness. Sure. That I just do not understand. And I wish I did. And I wish that I wasn't raised in such a way that I'm like boys are boys and girls are girls and I have no issue with trans folk and I've hooked up with trans people in the past. Oh, God, that's the worst thing. I'm going to cut that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm
1: actually going to cut that. That's a bad sentence. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah. I wish that I wasn't guys are guys and girls are girls and I have trans friends and I realize what a fucking stereotype it is to be like, no, but I have trans friends, but I do and it doesn't bother me. Don't care. Like, not an issue. But I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how gender works. And part of this is because there is just infinite information, most of it contradictory from all... Like, when you go to the very left, there's a bunch of super contradictory information. And when you go to the far right, it's very simple. And I'm not saying I'm on the far right, but I'm saying it is definitely a simpler land over there. It's also a bigoted land, and I don't want to be a bigot, and I try not to be a bigot. So up until now, my approach has basically been... I'm not going to particularly think about it because it doesn't really affect my life and my rule is if you want to be called something, I'll call you that. However, like I said, I have a really strong identity and, like, sense of self-identity.
0: You have a really strong straight cis identity. Yeah. Actually, wait a minute. Didn't you at one point come out as gay? Is that a joke? No, that's not a joke. Didn't you do that when you were, like, 19?
1: Did I come out as gay? (laughs) As in exclusively liking men and not women.
0: Okay, I think I'm getting stories confused. I don't know how I did that, but I went and saw... (laughs) I went and saw Corey White's show. Corey White is is an Australian comedian, and he talks in his show about how, I think at like 19 or something, he came out as gay, and then he, like a year later, he was like, actually, I'm not gay. But... I remember thinking, oh, I think Peter has a similar story to that.
1: Yeah. So after I'd been very single for a very long time, and just continued to regularly not have sex with anyone ever, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm bi. There are some guys who I'd consider sleeping with, and like there are still guys who I'd consider sleeping with. I just fucking love women. Okay. And it's really hard to say that without sounding defensive, like I'm being like, no, 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 I'm not gay. I'm not gay. It's not that I'm not gay or not bi it's just that i love women like unabashedly adoringly ask any woman i've dated or women i've hooked up with
0: i don't think that we need i don't (laughs) think anyone needs to do that i feel like you've mentioned how much you like boobs enough
1: and so it's not that i'm not gay i really like boobs and i really like women and so it's not that i'm not bi it's just that i'm like i don't know why i would eat a mcdonald's cheeseburger when there are a million steaks around for me to have
0: Oh, okay. So it's not that you're like, I'm not attracted to men. You're just like, I'm just really attracted to women. Exactly, yeah. This is, of course, all taking like very mainstream views of what those things, what those gender identities are.
1: Right. I'm really into feminine qualities, traditionally feminine qualities, uh, to add all of the caveats. And Lucy has all of the traditional feminine qualities, and I'm very attracted to those, and we get along super well, and we're very compatible, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, normal, in-love stuff. <laughs> and Lucy identifies as a he.
0: So is that just kind of fucking with your own identity?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, let, let's say it's all very new, obviously. I've only been in Toronto for a month. But let's say we continue to date for a very long time. My issue, and I realise how like shallow and selfish this is to people who are in the sex-positive and, and left-wing community, in the gender queer community my issue is like i'm very straight i'm very openly straight i'm not in the closet about being straight and so to be like hey this is my male partner this is my boyfriend i'm just like oh god there's gonna be all these questions and the answers are complicated and confusing
0: oh you're saying you don't want to have to deal with all those questions
1: i'm saying that dealing with those questions is a complication that as a straight white cis guy.
0: (laughs) You would have the privilege of never having to deal with, you thought. Exactly. Uh, Ah, okay.
1: I mean, I already deal with a bunch of them for being poly. People are like, wait, 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 you're dating this person, another one? Oh, so you're cheating. And like, those conversations are already exhausting enough. Now I have to add another layer of exhausting conversations on top of them.
0: Huh. What does Lucy think about this?
1: Okay, so first of all, my impulse was to be like she, because... Despite the fact I've been explicitly told this is not the case, I think of Lucy as a woman.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. uh,
1: Which is my awful conservative brain, I guess.
0: I don't think that it's an awful conservative brain. I just think that that's like how your brain has been wired through experience. But I assume that it's just something that you would get. I mean, it's something that I don't like the idea that you have to get used to that. But I feel like that's the reality of like. Yeah, that's, that's.
1: I think that's an apt way to describe it.
0: Like you know, you just get used to it.
1: That's so I'm trying very hard to use they all the time, because I'm just genuinely not at the point where I can be like, the person who I kiss and have sex with, he did this. Which makes me feel kind of homophobic, but it's, it's not a homophobic thing. Maybe it is. Is it a homophobic thing?
0: I mean, I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to argue that it doesn't have anything to do with homophobia.
1: I think it's just got to do with self-identity.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. You'd be hard-pressed to argue that that doesn't have to do with internalized homophobia. You reckon? I think you could make that argument. It's not where I would go just because I don't think that it's necessarily a fruitful kind of conversation. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think the reason I, I don't know that it's homophobia is that I am totally open to... Oh, God. I'm really struggling to talk about this kind of stuff. Like, it's all just so far out of my wheelhouse, which is why I thought you would be interested and potentially useful.
0: Am I being useful yet? Uh, no, but you know,
1: there's, there's time to go.
0: <laughs> I didn't expect that I was being useful yet. I, but I'm doing I'm doing better than last time.
1: <laughs> we haven't deleted the podcast yet. So yeah, you definitely is a step up from that. Okay, I'm going to say a thing that I'm aware is wrong before I say it.
0: Before you say that, can I just say I also struggle because you know, I don't I I don't know how to talk about this. I want to say like properly with like air quotation marks around it. I don't know how to talk about this properly. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say a thing that I'm aware is wrong, but this is where my brain is at. at the okay. Moment. I feel like it's not a homophobia thing, because if I fell in love with a big, muscly man with a dick, I think I would actually be okay with that. Like, oh. I could see that as a thing happening, and I would quite happily be like, hee hee he. hee. He, hee hee hee. I would quite happily be like, yes, this is my boyfriend, Chuck. Chuck the lumberjack.
0: Oh, so I think what you're saying there is that it's the, like, um.
1: The cognitive dissonance?
0: I was going to say the cognitive dissonance. I said it first. Which is a reflection of how we generally talk about gender and having to come up against that regularly. As in someone who, like most people would assume, they would use female pronouns using male pronouns means that that's something that you have to come up against all the time. When I talk to friends who are trans or gender fluid or non-binary. That's one thing that like I really not empathize with because I can understand with, but it really does sound exhausting. Like that whole, I suppose I, I've heard of it and imagine it as being like this like very conscious assertion of self in this way that rubs up against a lot of what other people think and doing that every day. You know, like that, That sounds difficult.
1: Here's part of why I think I'm I'm struggling with it. Just say in three podcast time, you and I are talking about Lucy. Sure. Except I don't say the name. I just say, yeah, so I was out with my boyfriend and we went to the shops and we punched a guy in the face and then we ran away laughing. Uh Uh-huh. That's a really poor example. (laughs) Let's let's pick a less nonsensical example. If I said, yeah, I was actually talking about this with my boyfriend last night and he had some opinions and I had these opinions... Anyone listening to that podcast would quite rightly be like, oh, okay, so Peter is bisexual or Peter is
0: gay. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That doesn't feel fair. I am a big fan of being a...
0: Oh, you really (laughs) love labels that make sense.
1: I love labels that make sense. That's not what I was going to say. I really like representing the things that I'm about. I want to be a public feminist. I want to be a public poly guy. I want to be a public cissexual (laughs) <laughs> not cis-sexual is it that's not, yeah that's the word right cisgender uh, cisgender i want to be yeah i want to be like hey look here's my experience here are the things that i'm coming from
0: i just realized we didn't like explain at all like a lot of people don't know what cis is in my experience so my understanding is that if you're cisgender it means that your gender identity aligns with your biological sex Oh shit! I feel like I'm going to get all the words wrong. Um. Anyway, if you're female assigned at birth, it means that you identify with the female gender, and that being like there's a distinction between like your biological sex and and your gender identity.
1: Keep in mind, both SJ and I are non-trans, non-genderqueer, non-agender folk.
0: I mean, you could probably say that we're cisgender,
1: right? But my point is that we are not experts in these terms. Yeah. If we've gotten something wrong, I got you to say it because I was like, oh, no matter what we say, there's going to be angry emails. Like, just guaranteed. I
0: wasn't <laughs> necessarily thinking that there were going to be angry emails, actually.
1: Anyway, I, I got you to say it because I'm like, I don't want to get the angry emails. It's joking enough those.
0: Really? I don't know. I feel... Okay. All right.
1: Like, the thing is, I've tried to research this topic and I cannot find consistency anywhere.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: There are people who have every possible opinion and... That's the point where I was just like, I'm not going to think about it. And probably quite happily would have continued not thinking about it, except for now I'm dating someone who is in the confusing world of non-binary.
0: Well, that's why I suppose I put in the caveat, my understanding is, (laughs) (laughs) which kind of works for everything. I mean, it's interesting because when I've talked to you about this previously, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up because that's why at the beginning I said we have different views on this. I was thinking of this conversation that we had where you were kind of, I mean, you're saying kind of what you're saying now, which is that, uh, having that kind of stuff in your life sounds like more complication than you would want. Right. I was like, oh my God, that's such a callous way of looking at someone's identity. Okay.
1: So here's, oh God, it's such a fucking confusing topic to me because I don't know. How any of it works.
0: You don't understand the experience of not being cisgendered.
1: I mean, that obviously, yes. But also, some people are firmly of the opinion that gender is a choice. Gender is a choice that you make.
0: Sure, okay.
1: Because of what gender is, because of the way that we have defined the word gender, gender is a totally societally determined thing, and so it's a choice.
0: Wait, a, no, I actually still don't understand that.
1: So I'm not saying this is my opinion, I'm not saying this is a, the mainstream opinion, I'm not saying this is... Any particular group's opinion, but this is definitely a opinion that I've counted online over and over again.
0: Okay, so I feel like what are some different opinions? I feel like one is like gender doesn't doesn't exist. I I feel like I've heard that one. Right.
1: What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so some people some people believe that gender doesn't exist, therefore it's entirely made up by society, which is different to not existing, which annoys me. And so everyone chooses their gender. I choose to be male, you choose to be female.
0: That doesn't make sense to me because if you think about, like, if you're a kid and they're like, you're a female kid, we'll get you the female stuff and reinforce female traits. I think
1: female and male are bad terms because those are generally used to refer to sex.
0: Sorry, I mean, like, feminine. If someone's like, you're female assigned at birth, you are a girl and we will treat you like you're a girl. And then you're you start matching people's expectations. I suppose that doesn't feel so much like, f- yeah, it's complicated. It, I suppose it just doesn't feel so much like a choice when there's just been, like for years you've been.
1: Well, I think it's a choice in the same way as think, think compare it to religion.
0: Sure. What okay.
1: What religion you are is a choice, but you can totally be indoctrinated into religion.
0: Uh. okay. This is what I
1: mean when I say it's really fucking complex. I feel
0: like that's not a good comparison. <laughs> Why not? I suppose just that thing of like you know the argument around um, your sexuality is a choice no what, oh
1: is this what we're talking about
0: you know like that's like people choose their sexuality so people who are gay are evil because they're choosing to sin or whatever
1: oh you mean you mean the right wing yeah yeah yeah
0: I'm not talking about an opinion that we share
1: <laughs> because people on the left also think that people on the left are like gender's not real therefore you choose what you're attracted to therefore
0: i feel like i do feel quite confused about a lot of this stuff a, a bunch of it i think uh, makes makes some sense but i yeah the point i was getting at
1: earlier is i feel weird about people listening to this being like okay this is a podcast about a cool chick who is called sj and her bisexual ex-boyfriend who's dating a guy Because that weights my opinions in different ways.
0: Oh, right. Like, if people assume that you're bisexual, then...
1: Then suddenly I'm a voice for bisexual people, which doesn't feel right. Because I don't know what issues bisexual people go through.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, okay. (laughs)
1: Like, dating Lucy is... You know, I walk down the street holding her hand... Holding... See, I'm doing it. Uh, I, I walk down the street holding Lucy's hand, and people are like, Oh, look, there is a straight guy and his straight girlfriend. Sure. And it is more complex than that, but... I face no prejudice. I face no, you know... I'm doing exactly what society expects me to do. Thus, I cannot have a voice on gay issues. Like, I am so far from having a useful voice on gay issues, it's insane. But if I'm talking on this podcast and being like, yeah, so he did this and did that, and then we had sex. Then people are like, okay, cool. Peter is a voice for gay issues. Which I'm not.
0: Have you talked to Lucy about this? Yes, of course
1: I've talked to Lucy about this.
0: I'm interested in his opinion.
1: Uh, So Lucy... Like I said, it's very new. We're pretty sure it's going to go on for a while, but who knows? It's very new. Lucy is very into me, which is lovely. I really enjoy that. And in the same way as, I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but when I tell people I'm poly and then they still want to date me, but they need to process it, I'm like, have as much time as you want. Like you process the fuck out of that. I'm just happy that I'm not immediately crossed off the list.
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: That's sort of where Lucy is. Lucy's like, Dude, you've got a lot of stuff to process. Uh, I know you're going to think through this because that is what you do. You go think through that. And I was like, can I do it on a podcast? Because that is a useful way for me to think through things. And Lucy was like, go for it.
0: Oh, okay. So it sounds like where you're at in terms of how you relate to this stuff is putting kind of a brake pedal on your relationship with Lucy. No, not at all. Okay.
1: Like, I'm going to continue dating Lucy. Sure. I just need to work out this shit in my own mind. I spent two days being like, oh, God, what do I do? And then I was like, you know what the correct thing to do is. Like, I often try to make choices by going, what would the ideal version of Peter think? You know, what what would the ideal version of Peter do?
0: What did the ideal version of Peter say?
1: And the ideal version of Peter would just get over it, dude. Like, Lucy's great. Kiss her a lot and get over your weird gender issues. (laughs) And so I'm trying to get over it. I'm not like, this is not a should I break up with Lucy conversation? This is me just trying to be like, where do I sit? Like, how does this work? How does this fit into my brain?
0: So if I think about the thing that you're presenting, which is, um, I mean, from what you're saying, the thing that makes you feel anxious, anxious uncomfortable is the idea of explaining it yeah. to people or being misrepresented. Misrepresenting myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like they're the things that you have.
1: It's It's mostly just to do with my self image and my image that I present to other people. And they might sound like super shallow things, but those are very important to me. Like I have a dyed blue beard. That is a lot of upkeep. I <laughs> wear colourful pants and have a very active Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff because I care about the way I present to the world. That is an important thing to me. And I want to make sure that I'm presenting fairly and non-confusingly.
0: <laughs> it's interesting because you are a person that likes, like you present in a very straightforward manner.
1: Yeah, I really do. And right now I'm a super straight guy dating a man who looks exactly like a woman.
0: (laughs) I want to go back to a previous episode that we did. Do you remember the Shit's Complicated episode?
1: (laughs) I know. And I'm uh, just...
0: I feel weird that what we're talking about here is like, is how your cis straight life is affected by someone else's gender identity. Do you know what I mean?
1: I understand why you'd feel weird about that. That's also what's happening. Yeah, and no, no, it'd be no, super, super unhelpful if you were like, this is complex, I'm not going to talk about it.
0: No, 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 I wasn't going to say that. I was just saying, it, I the reason why I'm actually having this conversation, because as soon as you brought this up, I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck. I, like, have no... I, I want to delete yeah. this. Delete yeah. it, delete it, delete it. Is that I suppose this is a side of that that probably doesn't, I imagine, doesn't get a lot of airtime.
1: Right. Especially, this is not something I, I foresaw coming. And honestly, and this might be the worst thing I've said on the podcast, which is pretty impressive, if I'd known about this before the first date, I possibly wouldn't have gone.
0: Wow. Yeah, that does sound bad.
1: Because, I was thinking about this earlier today, because I knew we were going to talk about this. I was, I was thinking about representing myself on this podcast. I just want to be honest. Like The podcast is called that... And for me, there's no risk of anyone liking me less. There's just a risk of people knowing me more and realizing that they don't like me. But no one is going to like me less. You know, they're going to continue liking that version of me that doesn't exist as much as they ever did. But this is the real me. And like we were talking about last week, I have a lot of stuff that I want to do in my life. And so I just really just try to simplify my life as much as I can.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of weird because it's like, it's weird to be like, so someone else who I love and care about, their gender identity is just a spanner in the works of my simple, uncomplicated life. (laughs) Like, that's like what this episode is. And it's like, that's such a privileged position to be in.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it absolutely (laughs) is. And the thing is, I am fully aware of my privilege and I embrace my privilege in that I go, holy God, I'm fucking privileged. How much can I get done with this privilege? how much of a difference in the world can I make with this privilege? Yeah. Rather than trying to erode it and being like, oh, I'm so privileged. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to go and spend all my time volunteering at homeless shelters. I'm going to go, you know what I'm going to do with my privilege? I'm going to use this massive stepladder that I start from and try to climb as high as I can and change the world from up there rather than being like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I've got all this privilege. Let's let's dig myself down and, and make life worse.
0: Do you think about like bringing people with you?
1: That's what I'm trying to do.
0: Okay, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not saying you're not trying to do that. I'm just saying, yeah.
1: This is the example that makes the most sense in my mind. Are you ready?
0: (laughs) I am uh, actually nervous because usually your hypotheticals and examples I really don't relate to.
1: This is how my brain works, and this is the only way I can think of explaining it.
0: I'm just going to accept your brain as it works. Or try to.
1: The thing is, people are gonna people can and probably will, and I'm not normally this nervous about what I sound like on the podcast, just today for some reason I am. People are gonna take this the wrong way. Please don't. Please don't take this the wrong way. Ah,
0: You sound like uh, Scott Adams. (laughs) (laughs) Just for everyone who doesn't know Scott Adams is the guy who does the dilbert cartoons, but he has a really full-on. He has a full on blog and anyway, I don't I haven't read a lot of it, but he does a lot of like If you're going to be offended by this, that's your choice. Anyway, and he says some fucked up shit. Anyway.
1: So my life is one of privilege and I'm trying to get a bunch done in that privilege. And the main things I work towards, as you know, are like representation of media and stuff like that. Right now, a really, really, and this is an extreme example. This is not a one-to-one comparison. This is going to be the last disclaimer, I promise. Right now, a really dumb thing that I could do is start going to support groups with people with cancer With the intent of falling in love with someone who has cancer.
0: Right on. Uh, Can you talk on that a little bit more?
1: I thought that was pretty clear. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, I could. There is nothing physically stopping me from being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go fall in love with someone with cancer. Um, It would be (laughs) devastating. I would have to watch someone I love die. It would be an awful experience.
0: I mean, they might not die.
1: Okay, if, if I went and fell in love with someone with terminal cancer.
0: Okay. So like John Green, Fulton, Our Stars, that kind of book. Or like Mandy Moore in A Walk to Remember.
1: Or like Fight Club.
0: Where's that bit in Fight Club?
1: Have you seen Fight Club?
0: Yeah, I don't remember the.
1: He spends a bunch of time going around to cancer support groups. Does he? Yeah, it's a big chunk of the film.
0: (laughs) Fuck, I just... Yeah, okay. So
1: that is a thing that I could do. I could go and find someone with terminal cancer or meet a bunch of people with terminal cancer until I fall in love with someone. Then I could be an emotional wreck for like years. (laughs) I could really struggle with the process of falling in love with someone and then watching them die and then dealing with that and then moving on. Or I could not do that. Sure. So while I'm on OkCupid, if there was a button for like people with terminal cancer, I would unclick that button. I would be like, you know what? I do not want to date someone with terminal cancer. I don't think they're worse people. I don't think that we wouldn't have a good time. I do think we wouldn't have a good time. (laughs) I don't think that there would be no pros. I don't think that I'm better than them. I'm just aware of the huge amount of complexity that would come with that.
0: And that you don't want that complexity in your life. Right.
1: That would be a huge stopping block in the in the path that my life is on at the moment.
0: You know what's like, to me, what feels like a more relatable example? <laughs> <laughs> I think about this a lot. How come? I don't think about what you just said a lot. I think about whether the people I date would be better off if they dated someone who didn't have... A podcast. podcast No, who didn't have (laughs) so many...
1: Emotional complexities?
0: Yeah, emotional complexities, mental health challenges, all that kind of stuff. I actually had a conversation with my partner. This is vulnerable. This is a little while ago, but he said that fuck I don't even know if I should anyway we might cut this out but he said that he didn't feel like there was space in our relationship for his stuff like for his challenges in that way
1: yeah that yeah that was a a, a sentiment that I think I expressed when we were together as well
0: yeah and I remember talking to one of my friends who dated someone who also had a lot of issues with I feel weird talking about this. Anyway, who also had a lot of issues with that and they broke up. And then afterwards, he said, like, I very consciously do not want to date anyone who has those issues, at least not right now. It's difficult because I've had a lot of people be like, Oh, you know, can I still date people if I have, you know, mental illness or whatever? And I've been like, Of course you can. Or like, will still, people still love me? And I'm like, Of course they will. But th- the reality is also that it does it does present challenges
1: yeah absolutely the thing is i mean this is i'm not trying to downplay your experience dating anyone has challenges
0: yeah i mean that's the other thing
1: like there is no single human in the world that is not in some way challenging to date like think of the most mainstream well-adjusted person you can which is obviously me i'm really hard to date
0: oh i was not thinking of you (laughs)
1: But like anyone you meet and want to date, there's going to be challenges. I think of myself as very simple to date. At the same time, I don't want to meet your friends or like go out to things. I just want to work or hang out with you. Those are the two states that I want to be in most of the time. Well,
0: I feel like actually it's not to do with people being simple so much as people being attuned to one another. Does that make sense? Like you would do really well with someone who is attuned to you. And I would do really well with someone who's attuned to me. So it's not so much about...
1: Wait, hang on. Are you saying that you and I should date?
0: Oh, oh no. That's not what I was saying. (laughs) I really want to edit together every time you say that to me
1: on this podcast. So the reason I brought up that... I've been thinking about this a lot because you and I had a fight the other day and we talked during the fight about the way that we fight. Did we? Yeah, we did. Okay. Okay. I think you'd probably shut shut down by that point.
0: I did not completely shut down. But yeah, anyway. Do you want to talk about that fight?
1: Uh, not on this podcast. We do not have time. One thing that I do is I want to understand things. Which is not say it's unique to me, but I want to understand things. And the way that I tend to understand things is by breaking them down into component parts, which tend to be the most extreme versions. That's, my, that's how my brain works. Mm. So when I bring up this cancer thing, I'm not saying being non-binary is like having cancer. I'm saying, what is the most extreme example I can think of of a complexity? How do I feel about that? What about the other extreme? How do I feel about that? So the reason I brought up the cancer thing is because I'm like, okay, so when I'm looking for who I want to date, I don't want to date someone really complex. I don't want to date something that's going to have these huge emotional complexities that I have to work through emotionally. But if I dated someone and fell in love and then they got cancer, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, you're gone. Like that would be awful.
0: Really? That strikes me as a very non-Peter opinion.
1: You think I'd break up with someone as soon as I have a cancer?
0: No, I don't think that you would do that. I'm joking.
1: That was really mean.
0: Sorry. You can just edit that out. It just didn't, it just didn't work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it didn't land. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought you were serious for a second, which I was like, really? Is that what you think I would do?
0: Yeah, I wish I had played on it further. Anyway.
1: <laughs> and so I probably wouldn't have gone on a date with Lucy if I'd realized the complexities. Now that I've met Lucy and they're great and we get along really well, and et cetera, et cetera, it would be really dumb to throw that away because of the complexity. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the same time that that sounds really harsh, because it, it is kind of harsh, we make judgments like that all the time, particularly in online dating.
1: I don't think it's a judgment.
0: No, 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 but I mean...
1: We make choices like that all the time.
0: Yeah, we make choices. Yeah, but I mean, that too. Okay, sure.
1: No, but like, I'm making the choice not to date anyone who is based in a city 5,000 miles away. I'm not making a judgment on that person. Yeah. I'm making the choice of being like, that's not going to be useful.
0: You are making the judgment that that's going to be complicated and I don't want to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, there's a difference between judging the the potential there and judging the person.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not judging anyone for living in LA. I'm judging the potential for a decent relationship to occur there. I'm not judging anyone for having terminal cancer. I'm saying that is a situation that I don't want to be in right now.
0: Well, you're saying you're judging the potential of the relationship. So for you, that idea around non-binary gender, it is kind of weird because you are saying like you're judging the potential of that relationship based on someone else's gender identity.
1: Yeah, in the same way as you can judge the potential of the relationship based on their physical location.
0: Sure, I suppose just. I, like, that's a one to one analogy no, no, for you. I, like, I totally get your logical brain. I suppose it's weird because that feels kind of heartless, right? Like, and I get that your brain is really logical, but it seems, it feels, and this is where we like totally mismatch on this. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but you do take things in this really logical way. And I can't, like, I just can't divorce stuff from their emotional qualities.
1: But as a result, I have a much easier life.
0: (laughs) Uh, But is life about it being easy? Really? Yep. I'd like to think that it's not, but that's just because I don't find life easy.
1: I don't think life is purely about being easy, no. And I think if you look back at my previous escapades, such as deliberately living on the street for a month, you will see that I have not lived my life as if easiness was the goal. But I'm at the point now where I have a really clear direction I have really clear goals and I have really clear ways of getting there. And in order to do that, I need to be unimpeded.
0: Sure. It just seems so like...
1: (sighs) The thing is, like, as we discussed last time, one of the things that I'm not doing is making friends. (laughs) That's not a judgment on the quality of friends or the, you know, the potential of friends to be good people. I'm saying my life right now, I am just making it as simple as I possibly can. And this is something that, because I do love Lucy, I love Lucy, haha. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy to spend the time on that. But it is taking up mental space. And it is taking up, there's a Paul Graham article called The Top of, uh, it's about starting a startup and it has this concept called The Top of Your Mind. I think I've talked about it before. Yeah. Which is basically when you're in the shower, when you're riding your bike, when you're doing whatever, what is at the top of your mind? And the reason a lot of startups fail is because money is at the top of their mind instead of user experience being at the top of their mind. Right now, I'm trying to do three massive things all at once. I'm trying to launch a board game company. I'm trying to write and record audio sitcoms and I'm trying to start a romance novel career. <laughs> like those are three things that for most people would, one of those would be a full-time career. I'm trying to do all three simultaneously. I don't have space in my life. I don't have space that's on my brain. And right now, a lot of the time, my brain is being dealt with me being like, Oh God, how do I feel about dating a guy? How do I feel about the potential of someone listening to this podcast and being like, Oh cool. Peter's gay. I don't mind that they think that I'm gay. I just don't want them to, I don't want to misrepresent myself. I don't want them to, I don't want to lie to people. I really, really don't want to lie to people. And I feel like telling people I'm gay or telling people that I'm bisexual. I don't
0: think it's about lying. you just, you don't want to be misrepresented because I don't think, like saying you have a boyfriend isn't lying. It's just something that people would misinterpret.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that is taking up a lot of space in my brain right now at a time when I really need that space in my brain. And so it is kind of harsh. It is kind of cold. I am trying to get a lot done at the moment. Stuff that I'm super proud of, stuff that I think will make a difference, stuff that I think will make the world better. And so in the same way as I would be really annoyed if I suddenly had to solve, you know, a where do I live problem. Like I have a house right now. It's lovely. I can live in a house and not have to think about where I go every night.
0: Do you listen to TED Radio Hour? No. One of the TED Radio Hour podcasts... There's one on love and there's one talk by this woman. She's written a book. I think it's called Big Love and she's like a big data analyst and she talks about how she used her analyst brain to find her husband. Yeah. So she like went through and made a gigantic shopping list for these are all the things that I want in a husband. Yeah. She scored them all on importance And then she would go find people. They would have to score above X amount to even be talked to. And then they'd have to get more points to be able to like go on a date. I found it interesting because it's this really calculated way of looking at something that we think of as being, it should be an expressive feelings-based decision. There's these things that rub up against each other in terms of like when we think about love, we want it to be expressive And we don't want it to be about...
1: We want romance.
0: Yeah, we want romance. We don't want people to be making love decisions based on... Smarts. Based on what is real-life mundane complications. Not even mundane, just based on... Yeah, we want people to be basing it on love, not how that love interacts with the rest of the world because we want it to be this private, sacred thing. But at the same time... I think that there's something really valuable in being really conscious about this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for.
1: So here's the thing. If I was just sleeping with Lucy, none of this would be an issue. If this was a person who I was, you know, hanging out with and, you know, had a good time but didn't want to commit to, wouldn't be a problem. I'd be like, okay, cool. Lucy's a he. Cool. Whatever. You know, I see him once a week. We have fun and then we go our separate ways. But Lucy kind of ticks all of those boxes for me. Like the more I hang out with them, the more... I'm realizing, oh man, we really get along. Like we're really compatible. And so the only reason this is an issue at all is because all of those boxes are being ticked at the moment and they're just coming with a thing that I was not expecting <laughs> and a thing that is adding complication to my life and a thing that I'm like, oh, this is something that I've never had to deal with. And now I do. And honestly, I think I will be a better person for having dealt with this. Like I think I'll, yeah. as you know, I do not have many areas of my life that I'm like, I don't, I don't think about that. If you ask me to have an opinion on something, I will think about that thing until I've got a well formed opinion. Gender for a very long time, I've been like, yeah, whatever it is, you know. It's not something I'm really aware of. And now that has become something that I'm like, oh, I need to I need to learn how this shit works.
0: I was thinking that as you were saying, I want my life to be mostly work and then everything else to be kind of simple. That I suppose maybe just cause I create stuff from th- things happening like i create stuff from life
1: yeah your 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 fuel is very much emotions my fuel is people what i really enjoy learning how people work and how they interact and that is something i've spent a lot of time doing and now i have a lot of thoughts in my head that i can put out on paper without having to constantly go out yeah. and, and further immerse myself in people I've, I've spent many years building up a backlog of stuff to write about <laughs>
0: Huh, that's interesting because I noticed while you were saying that that I was like, but what are you going to make stuff from?
1: You're you're, you're the Amanda Palmer of the creatives. Like all of her songs until she met Neil Gaiman were basically one-to-one descriptions of things that had happened in her life. (laughs) She does this great blog post about the fact that if you take your experiences and put them in a blender and then pour out the resulting art, different people have different blender settings. Yeah, Hers is like a one. She puts it in, puts it on blend for like, 10 seconds and then pause it out. So it's mostly her actual experiences that have just been very slightly blended. Neil Gaiman, her husband, works on like a 10. So like you'll read his stuff and he can explain how he got there, but you'd never logically work it out. Yeah. And since they met and got married, they've started moving more and more towards the center of that kind of blender. Yeah. And so she's writing songs that are not directly based on life experiences. And he's starting to actually put more of his direct life experiences into his work. I'm much more on the on the 10 scale. Like the superhero show Frank I did, That was the closest I've gotten to an actual life experience turned into a story. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're making a strange face because that's a show about a superhero? Yeah,
0: I'm making a strange face because I'm like, what?
1: Because when I moved to Melbourne, I made close friends with a bunch of people who did drugs, and I'd never had any experience with drugs, and so I had a bunch of thoughts about drugs, and I put them into that show.
0: Oh yeah, sure.
1: But the majority of writing that I do is erotica. Specifically, like, mind-control incest erotica. I have never mind-controlled someone, I've never incested someone... And I was writing that for years before I ever had sex.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: I got a lovely piece of fan mail the other day from someone being like, I really enjoy this podcast because it reminds me a lot of your erotica.
0: Really? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because my most famous erotica story is called Limits. You can find it online. Search for Limits by Pan. And it is about logically breaking down what makes a person tick in order to have sex with a sister. (laughs) But uh,
0: Just a little caveat on the end.
1: That and a bunch of other stories I've written could not have happened if I hadn't spent years learning how people tick. And so my, you know, my art, my writing, my sitcoms and all that, and me being like, okay, people are very different. That is something I didn't know 10 years ago. People are so different. What would happen if I took this theoretical person, this theoretical person, this theoretical person and put them together and then gave them a wacky problem to solve? And so it's, you know, it's an eight or a nine on the blender scale. Whereas your art is stuff like this podcast.
0: Uh, what What do you mean by that? <laughs>
1: Where it's literally us talking about things that actually happen in our life. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, there's not even a blender involved in that level. Yeah. And so for you to stop going out and having experiences, you would probably not be able to create in the same way. Whereas I am really at the spot where I just want to hole up and write shit because I have had so many experiences and I haven't had time to turn them all into the interesting projects that I think they could be.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now my, my main concerns are that normally if I post something on Facebook, this is, Like I said, it sounds super shallow, but it's a big part of how I interact with the world. If I post something on Facebook, people are like, okay, I get what that is because I know all the things about Peter. Now if I post, hey, you know, my boyfriend did this, suddenly that is not an easily passable tweet. (laughs) That needs a bunch of unpacking.
0: I mean, I've been thinking this the whole time, but I feel like it's kind of an offensive suggestion, but like, can you say my partner?
1: Oh yeah, I never even thought of that.
0: Oh, 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 I figured that you must have thought of that and there was some good reason why you were like, that's not good. Or like my (laughs) significant other. Like I feel like there's issues with erasure around like using that. But if you're...
1: But it's so convenient.
0: Yeah, but it is very convenient.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is Lucy's kind of like, she's a whip. Nope.
0: (laughs) Are you going to leave all of these in? I think I should. I think you should leave them in.
1: I think it's very honest. It's it's a bit shitty of me, but it's also where I'm at. Part of it, yeah, a, a big part of it that I haven't mentioned at all this is just me changing my image of Lucy because I see a female and they identify as a man.
0: I think that wording you see a woman.
1: I see a woman and they identify as a man, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think we have time to go into that, but that's a thing.
1: That's something I gotta I gotta work through. This week's outro is from Christopher. The often-mentioned Christopher has recorded an outro, and I actually haven't listened to this one. SJ, you've listened to this, haven't you? No. Oh, neither of us listened to this. This is a totally blind
0: outro. Actually, maybe I have. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know.
1: Okay, you're you're shit. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends. Peter is my favorite son
0: (laughs) 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 i like how okay so like i'll see if i can try and edit this out but it's got a it sounds like wind sounds on the microphone so i just imagine him like spinning around in a park as he's saying that (laughs) like that's a bit what it sounds like
1: that's actually the final outro we have we have a few more that my sister recorded. So if no one sent us a new one by next week, we'll be using that. But uh, if you'd like to send us an outro, just email contact at beinghonestwithmix.com. The script is in every show notes and SJ loves when you fuck with it.
0: We don't. we have a new email address?
1: Yes, we have a new email address. I'm sure we've mentioned it on the podcast before. No
0: freaking way. Maybe I just zone out during these bits.
1: I'm unsurprised.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you've got important stuff at the top of your mind. Thank you for listening to me decompress about gender i actually find this really helpful
0: how do you feel now
1: i feel better now that's out there because i feel like people who listen to this also follow me on facebook and twitter so you should if you don't and so they will see my posts and be less likely to be confused yeah also i think i was a little bit nervous that you'd be like peter you're an awful person and the fact that you didn't do that makes me be like maybe i'm not such an awful person after all
0: oh oh <sighs> <laughs> i actually think it's i've been thinking about this a lot lately like this conversation I feel like I feel nervous about it because there could be the argument that it's not fair to talk about your feelings when Lucy
1: is not represented
0: well no not when Lucy is not represented but I mean like I feel like people would say that Lucy's situation is more what should be focused on rather than your reaction to it does that make sense
1: I would agree, except for that this is my podcast where I talk about stuff that's on my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But I I think people should be able to talk about that stuff because that's part of it.
1: Also, as, as a closing note, I just want to say that I really think I am in the wrong here. And I particularly hope that I didn't give the impression that I think genderqueer or non-binary people or trans people are second-class citizens or lesser or anything like that. I'm going to keep going back to the example. I think if you live in Chicago, I'm not going to date you. That doesn't make you a worse person. And in fact, I think that if you're non-binary or trans and open about it, I think that makes you a very brave person and that's great. So please keep doing that and don't get dissuaded.
0: I mean, ideally, ideally we'll eventually live in a world where this isn't a complication. Where people are just like this and that's how it works.
1: Yeah, that would be so good. God.
0: Yeah, where this conversation isn't a factor.
1: My little brother is dating someone non-binary and he's just totally fine with it because he grew up a generation behind me and the world is already changing and that is because of people who are out about it. So please keep being out about it and help people like me not exist anymore and I genuinely mean that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all from us. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Peter from the Editing Room again. As I mentioned, I showed this to Lucy and he had some notes, namely that one thing I said was hugely inaccurate, I am not a straight man dating a man who looks exactly like a woman, I am a straight man dating Lucy. Lucy does not identify as a man, Lucy does not identify as a woman, Lucy is non-binary and just identifies as Lucy, so I am in fact a straight guy dating Lucy. Lucy likes he him pronouns, but does not identify as male, Uh, which really served to teach me that I know even less about this whole gender thing than I thought, but I really wanted to make sure that was corrected before this podcast went live. And the other thing I quickly wanted to mention is that while editing this, I did something that I thought was a little bit cool. I did a time lapse. So if you click through the show notes, there is a time lapse of me editing this video. Every second is a single frame and I've done a little commentary. So if you ever want to learn a little bit of behind the scenes of how this is made, anything like that, check it out. I hope you've enjoyed listening and I hope you've learned something about gender because I know I have.